woody the island is, and there a goddess dwells, daughter of wizard Atlas, who knows the depths of every sea, and through his power holds the tall pillars firm which keep earth and sky asunder. It is his daughter who detains this hapless sorrowing man, ever with tender and insistent words enticing to forgetfulness of Ithaca. And still, Odysseus, through longing once to see the smoke of his native land, would gladly die. Nevertheless, your heart turns not, Olympian one. Did not Odysseus pay you honor by the Argive ships and offer sacrifices on the plain of Troy? Why then are you so wroth against him, Zeus? Then answered her, cloud-gathering Zeus, and said, My child, What word has passed the barrier of your teeth? How could I possibly forget princely Odysseus, who is beyond all mortal men in wisdom, beyond them too in giving honor to the immortal gods who hold the open sky? Nay, but Poseidon, the girder of the land, is ceaselessly enraged because Odysseus blinded of his eye the Cyclops, godlike Polyphemus, who of all Cyclops has the greatest power. A nymph, Thoosa, bore him, daughter of Phorcys, lord of the barren sea, for she within the hollow caves united with Poseidon. And since that day, earth-shaking Poseidon does not indeed destroy Odysseus, but ever drives him wandering from his land. Come then, let us all here plan for his turning home. So shall Poseidon lay by his anger, unable in defiance of us all, to strive with the immortal gods alone. Then answered him the goddess, clear-eyed Athena, Our father, son of Cronus, most high above all rulers, if it now please the blessed gods that wise Odysseus shall return to his own home, let us send Hermes forth, the guide, the speedy-comer, into the island of Ogygia, straightway to tell the fair-haired nymph our steadfast purpose that hardy Odysseus shall set forth upon his homeward way. I, in the meanwhile, go to Ithaca, to rouse his son yet more, and to put vigor in his breast, that, summoning to an assembly the long-haired Achaeans, he may denounce the band of suitors, men who continually butcher his huddling flocks and swing-paced, crook-horned oxen. To Sparta will I send him, and to Sandy Pylos, to try to learn of his dear father's coming, and so to win a good report among mankind. So saying, under her feet she bound her beautiful sandals, immortal, made of gold, which carry her over the flood and over the boundless land swift as a breath of wind. She took her ponderous spear, tipped it with sharp bronze, thick, long, and strong, with which she vanquishes the ranks of men, of heroes even, when this daughter of a mighty sire is roused against them. Then she went dashing down the ridges of Olympus, and in the land of Ithaca stood at Odysseus' gate, on the threshold of his court. Holding in hand his brazen spear, she seemed the stranger Mentes, a Taphian leader. Here then she found the haughty suitors. They were amusing themselves with games of drafts before the palace door seated on hides of oxen which they themselves had slain. Nearby were pages and busy squires, some mixing wine and water in the bowls, 
others with porous sponges washing and laying tables, while others still carved them abundant meat. By far the first to see Athena was princely Telemachus, for he was sitting with the suitors, sad at heart, picturing in mind his noble father, how he might come from somewhere, make a scattering of the suitors, take to himself his honors, and be master of his own. Thus thinking, while he sat among the suitors, Athena met his eye. Straight to the door he went, at heart disturbed to have a stranger stand so long before his gate. So drawing near, and grasping her right hand, he took her brazen spear, and speaking in winged words he said, Hail, stranger, here with us you shall be welcome, and by and by when you have tasted food you shall make known your needs. Saying this, he led the way, and Pallas Athena followed. When they were come within the lofty hall...